What is your very first memory? I have fuzzy scenes from three years of age when our New England bred family briefly lived in North Carolina in a house whose backyard ended in a steep drop-off down to what I guess Southerners would call a holler. Well, little me must have found that cliff both intriguing and terrifying because it still shows up in my dreams or nightmares six decades later. I also remember at age four pitching a fit in a green stamp store. Back then, when you bought groceries at some stores, you would get green stamps to stick in a book. When you filled the books of stamps, you could trade them in for things. Well, my dad wanted to buy me some plastic blocks, but I wanted the wooden blocks, which were in a wagon you could drag around, which I suppose my dad didn't have enough green stamps for. So I made a scene. My little brother was speechless. My dad was embarrassed, and we went home with, yes, the plastic blocks. These are the sum of my early memories. Of course, none of us, according to scientific study, has the capacity to remember our birth but certainly your mother, the one who carried you, does. Mine told me in her mincing no words way that it was no picnic. There is someone who does remember the weeks and months before that day you first breathe air on your own. Someone whose tender eye saw the unformed substance of you forming. Just as the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth, which we learn in Genesis was without form, God's spirit was there too from the time the egg and the sperm cell joined to create you and you were being formed into, well, you. Psalm 139 says that your eyes saw my unformed substance. The psalmist goes on to say, in your book were written every one of the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. This language is meant to remind us of the all-important first verses of the Bible where God created all that we see, the huge and distant stars and all the familiar beauties of the earth to underscore how important to God is the creation of each and every man and woman, the creation of you. But God's knowledge of us goes way beyond, way farther back than even our conception in the womb. In his letter to the Ephesian church, Paul says a mind-boggling thing. He says that God the Father chose us his people, before the foundation of the world. God speaks to Jeremiah centuries before Paul, and he tells him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Of all the living things God created, only man is created in his image. Man, Paul says later on in Ephesians, is God's absolute masterpiece. Here is Isaiah speaking the words of God, Listen to me, you who have been created by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs, I will carry you. God will never abandon us from our microscopic beginnings, even to old age. He's with us to carry us, to hold onto us throughout the span of our lives. And beyond that, Jesus told us that he goes ahead of us to prepare a place for us in his father's house. So we needn't worry about the life to come. Well, of course, in this world, we do have worries and unplanned pregnancies can rank high on that list. A few years back, I came to know a young gal who'd overcome a lot in her life. She was born into a family where both parents struggled with addictions. 
Her father was more in jail than out. She, I'll call her June, started to drink and become dependent on drugs herself when she was only 12. Needless to say, when she entered high school, she was paying very little attention to learning. And when I met her at age 30, she needed some math tutoring to finish passing the high school equivalency test. Well, at this point, June had been sober and drug-free for five years, an amazing feat. She had a sweet young daughter to whom June was a very responsible mom. I was so pleased to work with her as she was trying to better her life and graduate high school so she could go on to take college classes. I went to her tiny apartment twice a week for almost two years when one day I found her fuming mad when I arrived. June knew that I was a Christian. I'd prayed for her often with one struggle or another. And as the time seemed right, I shared about God and his goodness. Well, on this particular Monday, June had gone to a church service the day before at the request of her boyfriend's mom. The pastor was talking about abortion, and June was so upset by what she felt were his condemning words that she actually exited the sanctuary. After telling me all about it, where I sat listening, she came to an end and she then proceeded to tell me about the abortion she had had, something that had never come up before. Again. I listened. Then she stopped and just looked at me. I said, June, you must have heard that famous Bible verse, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. She had. I said, right after this verse, these are Jesus's very next words. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. June, Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Her face brightened and her mood changed, and I proceeded to tell her about some friends of mine who volunteer at Options. Options is a nonprofit pregnancy resource center in Rochester where they offer answers and assistance to women in crisis pregnancies. And in June's case, also offer counseling for women who've been through an abortion, offering a healing program where post-abortive mothers learn about the love and forgiveness of God in Jesus Christ. I don't think June ever connected with options, but I'm honored that she'd share her story with me and that God gave me a chance to tell her that God is not a condemning God, but a saving one. One woman who did connect with options when she found herself faced with an unplanned pregnancy was Tammy. And this is her story. One afternoon, uh, a while back, I walked into a pregnancy center in Dover. I was 18 years old, a senior in high school, and just scared out of my mind. I was met by this very attractive, um, friendly, and warm woman. I remember immediately feeling very comforted at a time where I felt so alone. Um, actually felt like she understood. She really listened to me. She was so compassionate. Uh, they offered me a pregnancy test. Uh, it was long before you could buy one at the pharmacy or at the dollar store. I certainly wasn't going to my doctor. She sat with me for a while while we waited for the results and she asked if she could pray with me. When I left the office, I just, I felt numb. What I had feared had been confirmed. I was pregnant. 
I went home and talked with a few close friends and the guy that I was seeing. And in their minds, there was really only one option. Abortion was the answer. I felt so sick to my stomach. Dazed and confused, we made the appointment at the clinic. And in just a week or so, this would all go away, they told me. That I would wake up from this nightmare and that it would be over. Or would it? Several miserable days passed and I remember returning from home one afternoon and I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was such a heavy burden in my heart that I just dropped to my knees. That afternoon, I truly believe I had an encounter with God. He spoke truth into my life and I knew that I could not go through with it. I canceled my abortion appointment that afternoon. Gathering my courage, I told my parents, I was very fortunate to have their love and support. In fact, I'll always remember my dad's reaction. I wept. Um, and when I started to weep, before I could even say anything, he just dropped to his knees and, and ran over to me and, and started to hug me and said, whatever it is, Tam, we'll get through it. And he and my mom stuck by me through the whole thing. I called options and I told them my news. They were so great, just kept in touch with me all throughout the pregnancy and after Josh's birth. They supported me and my decision. They were there for me at a time when friends had abandoned me and um, I was alone. It was so helpful and encouraging to have that support. It was just confirmation that I had chosen well. And I had chosen what was best for me and best for Josh. He's such a tender-hearted and caring and loving soul. Just so blessed to have him in my life. This guy teaches middle school math now. I'm so proud of him. And just have so much gratitude. Gratitude to God, gratitude for options. I'm so grateful. It's your support that made this happen. God carried Tammy as she carried her son. Well, another young woman, Nella Masil, not her real name, found herself in a tough situation too. Nella chose to abort her baby and years later was still suffering immense emotional pain. Oftentimes our society tries to minimize this pain and women hide it. Guilt, shame, regret, depression, and mental numbness to name just a few symptoms. But of course the pain is real and sometimes debilitating. Nella realized it wasn't going away and went to options for help going through their post-abortion healing program called Beauty for Ashes. Nella loves to write and she put together a whole notebook of poems and prayers which she shared with me and from which I've called four pieces that briefly tell her story toward healing under the guidance of a mentor from the Beauty for Ashes program. God's forgiveness offered to Nella through Christ's suffering on the cross delivered her from guilt, shame, and pain to the point where Nella felt she could write about her child as if her daughter were speaking 
directly, lovingly to her. Here, her story is read by Erica Cole and Sarah Laratonda. Healing through peeling, as God begins to peel off the layers I've built. 33 years later, I have come to a place seeking healing for an abortion that I chose as my best option. God has brought me to this place at such a time as this to discover his forgiveness. Can I forgive myself and others? Can I finally replace dark visions with transformative light? How will God reveal himself? Will he scold and punish me? In the end, maybe I'll feel my angel not killed, but alive and nurturing me and wanting my heart healed finally. With you, dear reader, I share my thoughts and visions along my journey to healing. This may not be pretty. I'm emptying my backpack. I'm allowing peeling. I hope you'll allow your layers to begin peeling too. Nella M. Prayer of Thanksgiving for Forgiveness. Almighty and gracious Abba, I'm all jittery, wiggly, and excited. Today you help me realize I don't have to carry around this evil shame, dark secret, or painful regret in my heart. I've been dangling on the hook of despair for over 30 years. You never intended me to feel this way. You forgave me long ago at the cross. You've been preparing me my whole life to come to you at this moment, having learned and now believing that you love me and only want the best for me, your beloved daughter. Thank you for helping me burst out of Satan's cocoon of guilt and shame. Thank you for reminding me I am worthy in your eyes. I have sought you in low places and I have found you there. I never needed to feel the devil's curse of defeat, but because I did, you produced something good from it. My healing is now a testimony I offer to others. Truly a blessed privilege. I love you, Abba. I love you. Amen. Forgiving others. Recently, I prayed for help in forgiving others. In my mentor's office, I nailed to the cross my burdens, concerns, and unsettled forgiveness. I bared my soul. I thought there were only two people to forgive. My sister, who told me I'd be a failure as a single mother, and myself for listening to her. Though she did not tell me to kill my baby, she did guilt me into making a drastic decision. I held a grudge against her, and it has eaten away at my heart like a virus, making me feel sick and dirty. Please, God, help me to forgive her. Then I thought, was there anyone else I was blaming? Well, yes, my parents, my dysfunctional family. They set me up for failure. Yes, I forgave them too. A week and a day after this forgiveness exercise, I saw my estranged father, whom I had not seen for several years. I could have driven past him, but I didn't. I stopped and I asked Daddy to get out of his car. He did, and I put my arm around his shoulders. I looked at his aging features and told him that because of my faith in God and Jesus, I was able to forgive him for all the bad things he did to me in my childhood. He looked visibly shocked, then invited me over to visit. I declined. I want to yell from the roof of a skyscraper, real forgiveness and healing is possible with God. A Journey Down the Pass Road Two years before me, you embarked on your gutsy escape, a call to arms and uniform that would take you far away. You joined the world and you left God behind. A young adult doing your job by day and lonely at night, your next brilliant idea led to me. 
60 days in your womb, yet forever in your heart. God blesses us with his best. God is gracious, I've said, and he knows every hair on yours and my head. I would not trade having you for my mama. No tears, mama. Don't cry for me. I am yours. Don't deny your mothering role, mama. Every day I feel you think of me, missing me, loving me, and I the same for you. I am your angel. I will not depart, for I live forever in your heart. I'm sure that some of you listening today can relate to the story of my friend June or to the stories of Tammy or Nella. If you're faced with an unexpected pregnancy and would like to have someone to talk to without pressure, I encourage you to call options. They're not there to judge, but to help. I know Rebecca, the woman who heads up the Beauty for Ashes program, which is free, of course, like all of Options services, and I guarantee she would make you feel warmly welcomed, and she'd be happy to hear your story and accompany you on a path to healing like Nella's. Or if you'd rather talk to someone in the church, you could certainly email hello at newfrontierschurch.com and ask to speak with me, Sue Zealy. Finally, and most importantly, Jesus. You can always talk to him. Jesus does not condemn you. He is full of compassion for you, and he wants to forgive and save you. He loves your child, and he loves you. You may have carried your child for just a short time, but Jesus is longing to carry you now. Nella found God to be a loving and forgiving God. You will too. Here's how the Living Bible translates the verse from Isaiah that I read earlier. I will be your God through all your lifetime. Yes, even when your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and be your savior. Come to him. Let him carry you and carry your child. And why not come and see for yourself the goodness of God in the lives of people whom he's forgiven and saved and carried? Why not come along to one of our church services? You can find out more about that at newfrontierschurch.com. And thank you so much for listening today.